Welcome, everybody, to another episode of your favorite podcast, the Footy United Podcast episode. I have no idea what number we're on. I'm your host, as always, Charles, and joining me uh, today over the internet is Brian Zane, Nestor Villanueva, and Jose Aguirre. What's up, guys? How are you doing? Good. What's up, man? Good, good, good. Brian, you're playing FIFA? Good. How are you? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So I figured tonight, even though we said we wouldn't, we'd start it off with some good old Pez discussion. So any of you guys have anything to say about Pez? Nobody? Okay, moving on. What's everybody watching right now? After a great start. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? Let's start with... Let's just... Start with what everybody's watched right now, because uh, lately, you know, my gaming time has gone has gone down as as and family time goes up, and then like after I get my kids in bed, uh, it's usually time with my wife. And we've always enjoyed watching movies and shows together, and for a long time we weren't. And now that we've had a another child, we have a little baby. He's usually she's usually awake after we get the my other two girls asleep. So we've been back, back watching shows and movies again, which is great because we've always loved enjoying that uh, doing that together, and. We've watched the most. I don't want to go too far back, but the most recent shows we've watched were, were the first one was Godless, which is if any of you guys watch that, it's like a western. It's one season, so I've it's one. It's one complete story. I don't know when it actually came out on Netflix. Is um, it still on there? Yeah, it's still on there. I've totally heard, recommend. I've heard it. of this show. I've heard of it, but I'm not. I'm not seeing it. Okay, so I'm the only one who's seen it. What I'll say about it is that it's it's really good. And the first four episodes, it's really strong. It kind of you want it like it keeps building the storyline up to I'd say about halfway through, and then unfortunately it's still great, but like it kind of stops building and it gets kind of stagnant. And then the last mm. two episodes, it it wraps everything up. It's a complete story, so you get satisfaction, but it it stops adding new elements as far as I'm concerned too early, so it feels like mm. a, it like it loses steam towards the end, unfortunately. But but you guys should totally check that out, and if you're into westerns. Um, it oh, good, it's a dude. Western. Yeah. I was going to say, what was it about? What the hell is up with your voice? Yeah, yeah. dude. What? Nestor, what the fuck was that? All of a sudden, you sound like a man. <laughs> I know, you never sound like that. You always sound like a 12-year-old boy. <laughs> your voice is super deep. Like you a, is it? You've got something on your voice. You have some effect on your voice. Oh, man. I, I would have to lock. <laughs> You sound like you, you sound like you're gonna be uh, the voice for the theater uh, preview movies or something. Yeah, dude, that's hilarious. I'll disconnect and uh, I'll be back. No, don't disconnect. If you're not doing that on purpose, you got to talk this way the whole time. That is hilarious. Yeah, I want to hear this. I want to hear this the whole time. Me too. I don't, I don't know what happened. I just I don't know. <laughs> I can't handle oh, it. Did you get hit in the knee and your voice changed or some shit, man? Uh, I, I don't know. Way, I don't know what happened. That was happened. also like the funniest oh. moment of my podcasting life. <laughs> I know. I laughed so hard on that, dude. I heard it. And I heard it. And I was laughing in the car. Man. <laughs> I don't. You know, it wasn't as funny hurting like listening to it back. But God, at the time, it was so funny. Right. Right. You were fucking crying. Man. I was crying. I'm crying now. What is going on with it? Oh well. I don't Nestor, know. you were fucking crying, right? <laughs> You sound, you know, you sound like you ever see Home Alone when he has the voice recorder. Yes. The father. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect, B. That's perfect. 
Oh, uh, that was yeah, Home Alone too, right? He didn't have it in the first one. And he goes, oh, to the yeah, I think he didn't have it in the first one. I don't think so. I think it was like uh, a, it was like a toy that everybody had when that second movie yeah. came out. Oh, what was his name? Peter McCallum. Oh, this is Peter, Peter McCallister, the father. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Oh, like my God. a large yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, you well, sound a little bit uh, <laughs> screamy, yeah. like the bad guy it's on the phone crazy. trying to change his voice. I'll, I'll just gonna, it's, it's just, it's distracting. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's hilarious. Just to see if we can do it. Let's just see if we can do it. Because it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> this dying, dude. Let me just. Disconnect. I'm gonna disconnect. Just, uh, <laughs> just call me back. I can't. I can't do it either. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh God, that's so funny. That's All right. Is he still doing it? No, no. Uh, you're back. Sound you sound like yourself again. All right. All right. Oh, oh that was so good though. We should create another character and invite him on every once in a while if you can figure out how to do that voice, and that we'll give him a name. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Well, I was, I was uh, tinkering with the mic just because it was like positioned like uh, different. So I just, I muted the mic, and then I, I unmuted it. So I don't know if that caused. Oh, the... I wish you could do that again consistently because <laughs> yeah. Nestor, we have to come up with Nestor's evil twin. Uh, Dude, that was so funny. Oh, uh, okay. So anyway, so yeah. back to the show. So, yeah, so I also yeah, it's a western. Um, it's one season, so which is cool too because I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I don't want to watch stuff that's multi, that has multiple yeah. seasons because I just want a story that's kind of complete and doesn't go on and on and on. So that's a good that's one. Cool. Um, and then we watched. Uh, my wife's a big fan of Stranger Things. I mean, I like it too. Oh, I love Stranger Things. Yeah. So she good. found out about Dark, which is a good. German show, which oh, oh. um, and I know Dude, you watched really it. Good, you you guys didn't watch it, right? No, I haven't seen it. No. Okay, so it's a sci 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 fi um time travel focused, but show. it's done really well. It's no, I think it's better than Stranger Things. On per- to be honest, the last episode fucked it, me, dude. Like it, I was like, what the hell? I think I I think I've heard of this show. It's and you, and you watch it with subtitles or whatever. Yeah, it's like a German show. Yeah, I, you know what was weird is it actually defaults to. It was the only show I've come across on Netflix that defaults to English dub, and the dubbing yeah. was really bad. So I switched it right away to a subtitles you know with the yeah. original language. My, my coworker told me about this show, and he told me the same thing. He was just like, "Yeah, usually I don't want to read shit, but he's like the the dub was the dubbing was so bad. It's I just really would bad. Rather I would rather yeah. just watch." watch it with yeah. subtitles he said right he said it was like because of because of german and the way that german i guess their words are longer or something than english words so a lot a lot of times it stops speaking in english and the guy's uh, mouth is still moving so yeah, yeah that's true some languages don't dub as well visually and german's right. definitely one of them but um yeah. but the thing is the performances seem really strong even even though oh, the you act, know, i the speak a little bit of really german good. but yeah i think the acting is really i think that comes across like but I watch all my foreign shows with subtitles. I like to hear the original, original language. Yeah, I don't mind reading it. But anyway, you guys should definitely check that one out. Um, yeah, the, the is, la- it, is it scary? You know, it's a thriller. Yeah, it's more of a thriller. That, that's a big deal. I, I don't like watching similar similar to, to Stranger Things, or is it like because Stranger Things isn't scary? It's just no. no it, I wouldn't say it's scary, um, Nestor. I would just say it's um. The music, if anything, is more moody and atmospheric. Okay, so it's like tenser, but it's not. 
It's not scary, and there's nothing. There's nothing it's, supernatural like, going on other than time. Than time travel, and I don't want to spoil anything for you. But there's no beasts running around like in Stranger Things. Okay. 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 Yeah, I don't think that spoils anything really, because you. Yeah. Anyway, I won't say any more other than the first storyline, but um, it's really I'll check good. Check it out because I, I really, really like, and, and that's also one only one season. Uh, it's one yeah. season, but um, there's gonna you, be more. Have you heard? Is there going to be more? Yeah, there's going, to, there's going to be more. So it's it's similar to Stranger Things in that sense as well. Yeah, all I know, because immediately, we just finished it last week, and like immediately we were like, you know, you Google if there's going to be another season, and uh, apparently it did get... Uh, Pick, picked up. It, it, it did get picked up, but it probably won't come out till 2019. Okay. So there's a, so. <clears throat> there's a recommendation I have since since you say you, you uh-huh. like... You like reading subtitles or, or watching shows that um in, in like foreign shows yeah remember. i do i do um club club de cuervos club de cuervos i'll i'll, I'll make sure to, to text it to you so that you don't forget okay um cool. it's it's <clears throat> it's a spanish mexican um show on netflix netflix original about a brother and a sister and basically their their relationship managing a soccer club oh Mexico. cool oh it's, man it sounds like trump's it's, favorite it's, show yeah. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious dude it's 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 really fucking funny i don't know how well the translation will come will come through usually they do a pretty good job with that stuff um right. but uh but it's it's fucking hilarious the shit that they go through um, just, just and, and and it hits home with us because it's soccer related, right? So there's there's a lot of like the you know dressing room st- uh, stuff that you have that you that you see or um, you know that stuff that happens in the show that it's just it's just really fucking funny. Um, you guys should definitely give it a shot at least. I One think season. Three, I think there's three seasons. Oh, cool. Um, but it's not like it's not it's not demanding on you. It doesn't. No, no. They're, yeah. they're, the season. The season, there's only like twelve episodes each season. So they're they're relatively short um, seasons. I ha- I haven't watched the most recent season yet. Have you? Ah, uh, yes. It's oh, fuck, man. I, I yeah, need to catch up um, on it. I, my wife doesn't watch it, and it makes it a yeah. little difficult for me to watch. Um, but yeah, like it, it, I I really need to catch up on it. I, I it's 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 the type of show. There's nudity. And drugs. Nice. <laughs> be be warned. Um, yeah, but anyway. it's not like it's not heavy on either. Um, yeah. No, 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 no. But yeah. there's, but there is, which is, which what I'm, what I'm. Yeah. The reason I bring that up is because I was about to say it's not the type of show I can kind of freely watch at work, like during my lunch, because mm-hmm. I I don't know what's going to come on TV, and I don't know when somebody's going to walk into my into my office. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. So I don't want to. I don't. It's just I don't want to have it on. And then, like the secretary comes in, and there's fucking tits on the screen. Mm. <laughs> so, so I don't. That's that's why I've been struggling to to catch up. I love when the <clears throat> secretary comes in. Yeah. I know. I like this scenario, Jose. Uh, right, right, right. No, no, no. It, it, it's it's not at all that way. Um, mm. But yeah. <laughs> Did any of you guys happen to watch uh, Bright? We also watched that. It's just a Netflix movie. Uh, I heard it was bad. But I also heard it was good, so I don't know who to believe. You know, it, I think there's good things and bad things about it, so I agree with that. <laughs> I just I think different people are going to feel differently about it. So there were things I liked about it, and then there were things I didn't like. But I, I didn't really have any expectations, so I'd say overall I liked it more than than disliked. I'd watch it though. I mean, it's 
It's on Netflix. Definitely watch mm-hmm. it. Brian, have you seen Black Mirror? Oh, I haven't wanted to see that. No, but I, 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 I would like it's I, not. I would have really. I would have yeah. thought that you would have already started watching it, I, and I was going to ask you to to whether you recommended it or not because I haven't seen it yet. I've heard a lot of good stuff. Yeah, that's um, like I, I keep hearing that damn name, so I feel like I'm forced to see it now. Just because yeah, I keep I, hearing it everywhere, everything like I, I hear it in podcasts, I hear it in like I don't even know what the show's conversation. about. I watched Either. a few episodes. I watched a few episodes, and right now where I'm at, I'm kind of like, I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> um, the episodes, it's it's very it's very um, what's it called? It's very uh, um, Twilight Zone. Um, that, that's what I heard. So they're 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 not related. Each episode is its own standalone episode. Right, right, right. Um, <clears throat> and so and so far. Um, the episodes have been very like, holy shit. Some of them are not necessarily, it's not like, it's not so much how good they are, more so the, the topics they hit on that, right. that make, that makes you like keep watching kind of like, <clears throat> you just kind of want to find out what happens, um, because of, because of the topics that they're touching on. Um, I've only seen three episodes, um, um, and, and there's there's quite a few more that that I'm, I'm, I haven't fucking seen, but um, yeah, in the, the three episodes I saw were like very fucking different from each other. Very It'd be fun different. if if we ever got to the point where we were all watching one show and like we had to watch oh, yeah, one episode a week it. and then we could all be yeah. on the same page for one. For I think one. I think cool. I think that can um we, we, we can do we can do time. that. Um, there's actually a really good HBO. Uh, I don't know if you guys have HBO, but there's an HBO uh, special uh, original called um, I think it's called the the Deuce, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I I saw this a while ago, but it's it's about how the porn industry got started. But it's yes, yeah. So it's it's it yes digs- to the porn industry getting started, or <laughs> yes to did you score a goal? <laughs> uh porn industry okay <laughs> that's a good no, question no. yeah <laughs> what are you excited about <laughs> yeah so it's it, it's it's fairly like a the, the weird thing is i saw it not knowing about that because it's the first like season doesn't really like it hints on like it talks about new york and prostitution like how how like the uh, prostitutes sort of um how all that moves into pornography um so it all starts like in times square and stuff like that in 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 new york and how you just how it used to be the thing is like uh, i don't want to like i don't want to say much because i think it's it's a pretty it's visually it's a pretty it's a pretty beautiful show like in terms of how like they dress up new york in that era uh everything that, that they have in times square it's very authentic to the time so they did a lot of work in making sure that, that that was correct. So they have like adult films like um highlighted in these like in Times Square and all that stuff in and, and it's um it's correct according to the year it's taking place. So everything's like it's pretty authentic the way they did it. So um so it focuses on these like char- these characters who are who are into prostitu- prostitution and um and also their pimps and stuff like that and and there's all this drama that happens between that. So um so yeah, so it 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 starts there and it sort of transitions into um like them making home movies and selling like pornography and stuff like that. So it's it's interesting, but um I do have to say that there's a lot of obviously there's a lot of nudity, 
But the nudity that's in here, you know how when you see nudity like in Game of Thrones or stuff like that, it's like it's sort of clean in a way of like, oh yeah, yeah, like there's um TNA, but it's it's kind of clean in this and the, the nudity in this it's more like it's kind of disturbing to see. Um because like um that's fucking it, hot. There's like this fucking like um <laughs> Like the the scenes are the scenes are the new the new scenes are made kind of gross in the way of like yeah I kind of don't want to like this isn't like as clean as like a Game of Thrones nudity of like a, a woman having sex and she's like very attractive and stuff like that here that some of the ladies are attractive but it's like they a lot of the times like the, the camera points to like male genitalia and it's like a fucking fat dude like sitting on a chair smoking like a, a cigarette and it's the camera's like focusing on him. And yeah. you can you can like see see like a lot of this you know like like his his junk and then like it oh, the camera yeah. like the camera <laughs> pans the camera pans to the to what to the woman that? the the woman like not being like sexy at all she's like changing or whatever but it's just it's just like these camera angles they choose so it's, it's more realistic porn. It's, yeah, yeah it's, right. I was gonna say it's, it's very behind the scenes porn industry like, yeah it's 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 yeah this is part prostitution in general but yeah but when they get to like filming stuff like filming porn it's also not pleasant either so it's <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> well you know like clean as like what we normally see on these like programs so um so, yeah, so talking in your dark sexy voice still i know <laughs> that right would do the man's genitalia fat fuck <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. so anyways um but uh i think there's some there's some great characters to sort of like follow and like and there's a few surprises there i saw the whole season already there's a few surprises there so um but anyways i guess the point was we sh- we can pick a show like that and then uh this just this ended like um i think like a few months ago like like three i think three months ago but i was following a podcast that was following each episode week by week so if something comes up like that in the future we can do yeah, that cool. i, I think, think that'd be know. fun just like to, <clears throat> just yeah. another thing to talk about um yeah i think that'd be fun um i watched mine hunters recently um i have one more episode one more episode to watch and yeah that's a fucking great show it's one it's one season that i know of um i don't think there's any more than that um and i'm on the last episode cool yeah yeah there's one one season right now oh fucking suck it bitch i recommend i recommend it um to anybody interested at all in like the psychology of serial killers and yeah it's really good mm-hmm. we're all watching some dark stuff yeah, yeah. dark's in no, right now i saw something light uh but what i talked about was something I saw like three months ago but i, I saw I watched- like real quick real quick i saw <laughs> i saw dragon ball battle of the gods or for the gods or of the gods uh, was the anime yeah yeah, that the anime. It, it's like it started as a. It was advertised as a sequel to Dragon Ball Z, so which made Dragon Ball GT not canon anymore. From what I remember, I could be totally wrong, but um, I'm pretty sure I'm right. <laughs> so, anyways, um, it's a pretty light-hearted um anime, you know, cartoon or whatever. And um, the, yeah, like it's very Dragon Ball. Uh, it has like a lot of humor and um. The way the the battle of the gods start, like the way that that like whole fight starts, uh, it's pretty silly and hilarious. I thought, and um, and it ends in a, and I don't want to say how I shouldn't say how it ends, but anyways, it's just, <laughs> but it's it's pretty it's pretty fun. It's a pretty it was a fun watch, and it sort of like got me even more hyped 
to play uh, the new Dragon Ball game and um, and some of the characters introduced there. Now I have a um, I, I have I have a background on on them and I I'm kind of like interested to choose them in the roster because they're one of them is in the roster so he may cool. yeah so now he's more interesting to me than you know what he was before yeah. that reminds me I um I never really watch anime other than the uh, was it is it Miyazaki or who's the big yeah. kind of classic yeah. Jap yeah like um. I like the um, I like the anime porn where like this the the the, the, the dude's di- the dude's dicks like eight tentacles and it's <laughs> <laughs> you would be I know you all know what I'm talking about yeah, I've yeah. never I've never seen a oh, scene shut like the that fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that it's probably oh, very no. cliche but my favorite is definitely Princess Mononoke but um other than that I don't watch a lot of anime but what made me think of it uh, I did watch the new Godzilla anime movie oh. on um. I don't know if any of you guys are Godzilla fans, but that's on Netflix too. Turns out it's going to be a trilogy, yes. so it, it kind of ends as soon as it gets it good. good. I thought it was good. Oh. I thought it was good, but it, it it's not a complete it story. Up, it's, it sets up the the next one. Like yeah, there's going to be there's going to be three of them apparently. It's, it's a full. It's like it's like, it's like almost ninety minutes. So I think it's an hour and twenty some minutes. But um, the animation's cool. cool. Check this shit out. And it's animated by a team that did oh. a Final Fantasy game in Street Fighter Five. Oh, cool! So uh, the animation has like a real video game feel to it, but in a good way. Not in a. I actually think it's really cool how it animates. And uh, mm-hmm. another thing, I watch with English subtitles. I don't even know if you can English dub it, but yeah, it's fun. Not great, but it's cool enough. Yeah. Be, you're, you're playing FIFA, but um, I am. Did you watch anything besides Dark? You said you wanted to talk about Dark. Yeah. Uh, well. I also wanted to talk about Man in the High Castle. Oh yeah, tell me about that. It's because I don't have Amazon, so. Oh my god, dude! It's, so, so, it's, it's really good. It's really good. How many of you? How many of you watched it? I, no, you. I, I just time. recently watched it. Like I finished the the last season. Okay, uh, I only finished month. the first season, so I have to watch season two. Ooh, okay. Well, t- right. give me a but, general synopsis on what it's about. Okay, so. Uh, oh, he's offside. Okay. Uh so. Uh. Basically, the Nazis. It takes place in 1962. Oh, is this the and, alternate reality where the Nazis? Yeah, where the yeah, uh, okay. right. But there's like these fit. Mm-hmm. Like the Nazis have the East Coast and a little bit of the Midwest. Then there's like a neutral zone, and then um, the Japanese have the uh, West Coast. That's interesting. But the interesting thing is, there's a resistance, and they're trying to obtain these films for the Man in the High Castle. And these films apparently show the Allies won the war and a bunch of various other things. So me, it, it's really weird. I still haven't figured out what's kind of going on yet. But it, there's these films that like show the future. And they show the Allies winning the war and all this stuff. And a reminder, this takes place in 1962. So it's, it's after the war has ended and... World War II uh, has ended and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And so I'm, it's it's really weird. I, I still, like, I guess the whole kind of big thing is who's the man in the high castle? What's up with these films? How are how are these films kind of, like, for, like foreseeing the future in a way? Because one of the one of the Nazi characters... Uh, uh, you might co- spoil it. You might spoil okay. that. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I know I know what you're leading to. Yeah, but yeah. you understand <laughs> what I'm saying, right, Ness? Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, yeah. It, it's hard to explain... But it like is. so, these these the the thing is, these films are so tabooed that like um that they um both sides want them, 
and it just takes place. It takes place in this 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 time frame, and the films are very interesting and sort of like mind fucking that you want to sort of uh, keep moving towards each episode to find out what the fuck you know because like, what's up with these films like, yeah yeah and, and the films are so like like powerful like the imagery in these films is very powerful that are the characters are are, are like are very uh drawn to them and and sort of like it's it's kind of like it's pretty heartbreaking uh because like a lot of like these these characters go through through a lot and um and these films almost offer uh, a sense of hope um, right. for the so, resistance yeah, so um, I I would say I, I it's a recommend watch. Yeah, uh, it, it it does it like if you watch first season, the second season kind of gets a little weird, but if you accept it, it's 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 pretty cool. <laughs> like like anime tentacles weird? No, because <laughs> I'm, I'm totally game, bro. Yeah. It, like for I'll, I'll I'll put it this way: when I first which, when I first saw saw it, um, uh-huh. I was very turned off by it by what happened in the second season but um so it's sort of kind of like because it it was it went in a direction that i i kind of was not expecting um and 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 it sort of kind of ruined it for me but then i i i uh, i watched it again because i was thinking like i love i love where it takes place i love the setting uh i love the idea of this and everything that the show has it hits on all cylinders for me and I, I just didn't like the the way the second scene did, and ended up shaping. So I rewatched it again just to just to see it again. Maybe I was thinking, maybe I'll like it the second time I uh, I see it. And after I accepted what happened or whatever, it it was fine. You know, I was like, okay, this is fine because uh, it does get a little out there. But um, yeah, I, I, I figured like something is out there. Something's up with these films. Like yeah, like, there's, it, like, it, an alternate reality. I don't know, but okay. don't ruin it for me. So yeah, no, 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 I'm not. I'm not. So it's. It's a recommend watch because I think the settings are interesting, and then uh, the ideas of, of of the Nazis and and like the Japanese and, and how they govern things is kind of it's kind of uh, frightening and, and crazy and interesting. Right. So, so yeah, that's all I would say. That's all I have the, to say. About that. The the last episode of season one was intense with Hitler. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Do you remember the last episode of yeah. season one? All right. I remember all right. that. Or you just don't want me to ruin it for anyone. No, I don't. Don't ruin it for anyone. Yeah. I didn't know that that's what the show was about. Yeah. Now, I'm, now I'm more interested to watch it. it sounds, sounds interesting. Just makes anyway. me think of Wolfenstein since I played the demo yesterday. Are we all Which playing is... video games right now as we're doing this? I'm not. I wish I was. No, I'm not. I'm not. I, I, have, I'm not. I have Street Fighter on, but I'm not actually playing. Oh, you pussy. Um, the other thing should we, should we talk about games we're playing right now? Or? Well, before before we do that, I wanted to talk about the doc since we're talking about things we were watching, and uh, I really wish oh, you would yeah. watch this. Be but um, because you know you guys have heard us on. Um, uh, this was a, Ho- a Jose thing. Like Jose is all into like development growth and stuff. Yeah, like that. well, we always end up talking about it mostly through Pez because mm-hmm. we say you know how Pez represent back in the day how much we love those players as well. The David Beckham's, the Ryan Giggs, the the um, Pirlo's, even though he played later, but just the Ronaldinho's, the Ronaldo's, mm-hmm. um, Brazilian Ronaldo. You know, we love those those players, and that we talk about how players are different today and how the game may have changed. But anyway, there's a documentary out there if you guys haven't seen it. Um, a lot of our audience is British. You probably have seen it, but it's called No Hunger in Paradise, which is a a documentary on BT Sport 
about the pressures, pitfalls, and rewards of making it as a professional footballer, uh, mostly in England. I think the whole documentary is in England, yeah. But what struck me about it was how different, um, not that I've watched a lot of documentaries on the youth system in, in England, but you know, growing up with those players, hearing guys like Beckham talk about it, and I used to love Beckham, so I listened to everything he ever did, and how they went through the academy system, what it was like for them, and, and then, of course, even generations earlier, this documentary struck me as how different it is for players now and how 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 based on money it is and how these kids get these contracts at such an early age and just all this stuff. And it went a long way towards explaining to me also why the game is so different now. Like, it just makes perfect sense when you see something like this and how these kids get basically become professional athletes and what their mentality is a lot of the time in this environment. So I won't say any more than that, but I know you watch it, Jose. You probably have a lot to yeah. say. Uh, Nestor, you watch it too. And B, you really should watch it because you talk about everything I just said all the time. So eventually you'll get mm -hmm. to it. But Jose, what do you think? Um, what were, What's you, the what were your takeaways? What's it called again? No Hunger in Paradise. Interesting. And you can watch it like, at uh, the website I sent to you uh, okay. earlier. Is I found it... <clears throat> Brian was going to say something. No, no, no. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I found it like, I don't know, man, almost like, almost like alarming. Very alarming, just because, right? Just, just, be, just because like, I, I feel like, I mean, it's stuff we probably already knew that like, you know, players are, it seems like players are getting signed at a much younger, young, younger and younger age. And they're probably promised like, oh my God, I'll make you yeah, a Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's you the know? thing, and, and, You and need that, to watch it, man. It's amazing. You absolutely need to watch this, dude. Um, it's, and the, the, it's, the thing that, the thing that it, it, it that where it kind of hit me like as um, alarming is, is how often the message um, seems to be about the the outside pressures not necessarily what the player himself is is promised or whatever but like it seems more about not what the seven-year-old is told but what the family of the seven-year-old is told right again right? it just seems to be very much about how the parents kind of treat this and and everybody around the player um puts on so much pressure and it's all because at such a young age they're being talked to in a way of like this is this academy has been known to produce this many this many professionals blah 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 right and they're basically painted a picture where they almost feel like they can't like they're like they're they're almost guaranteed success and it, right. it, it just it just kind of it brings on this this amount of pressure that is just completely unnecessary um <clears throat> so that was one of the things that was like um, to me, it was just like, man, like it's crazy to to me from my perspective, because I coach young kids, mm -hmm. um, and I feel like the hardest thing for myself to deal with is the parents. Like that's that's the thing that keeps me from actively coaching, um, like nonstop. Is is I feel like I'm not I'm not fully prepared to deal with the parent side of things, and and to deal with a parent living their life or 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 trying to push their wants and needs or their dreams onto their kids right. because I feel, I feel like i feel like a big part of the problem that happens now is 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 players tend to forget and this documentary definitely shows some of this um because of everything external to the game um because of how young they are when they start getting salaries um 
and being promised all this stuff. And I feel like they haven't even made it yet. And they already kind of already made it. Yeah, there was different degrees of making it. Like B, they were they were talking about a family that would the parents would stop going to work just to the whole yeah. family's career would become getting their son to to make it and not even necessarily make it as a professional, but make it be, just to, to make a salary in the academy because some right. of these kids just, are getting forty five thousand pounds a week salaries as academy players. As what? Academy players. Yeah, yeah, that's obviously the extreme side of it, but it's like, so yeah, dad doesn't need to work, mom doesn't need to work. They no. they they invest that they they leave their jobs and invest with the kids, but also, yeah. um, then those kids get dropped for no real, and they don't have an education. Yeah, they don't right. have, and then the parents and, left their jobs, so now they have to go right. to a job. Right, and, so and they that, get dropped for no for no real like strong reason. Like it's just like oh yeah, he's just not fitting our our her way of our way of you know excellence so of, that, you know, was, whatever, that was like, part of the documentary that was part yeah. of the documentary that sort of hit me because i had i i you know because we're sort of well as for me i'm sort of not that well versed in how these how this all how the system works right but what i never thought of is what happens to the guys who are close to make it but don't make it and they show an example of a guy who yeah. Who um, are, are we really spoiling? Because I don't know. No, we're no, 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 no. Uh, talk about it. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, what? It's I, what not I, a story. So, they, so. yes, yeah. right. So, so they, so they talk about they talk about this guy who was, you know, team captain. He who who had, who had all like the the headlines of of, of getting to pro- professional, and he gets he dropped. Was. For, he was a professional, oh, like, but he right. wasn't yeah, first he was. team. But he yeah. wasn't first team, right? And he gets dropped right. for no apparent reason. So it's so what was shocking to me was was what happens after that, and what happened to him after was I never thought about the, the psychological effect that it has on, on a yeah, person, like yeah. you know. And and they 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 talk about that, and I kind of wish they kind of gone more, more so give more <laughs> examples of what happens because I find that to be the most interesting story because it's fucked up. It you is, know? and you know what the crazy part is, we still don't know what happened to him. They, they they talk about him like oh yeah they you know this has happened this happened and they almost they almost gave me a feeling of they talked about him in a past tense like he's yeah, not it, around it, like, he, like he killed yeah. himself or something yeah yeah, yeah. Exactly. like they talk about it in a, in a way where it's like a past yeah, tense it's, it's and, certainly and it, possible and it, it would be terrible but that's that's way more common than people making it oh, so many that. of those players get close and then get dropped yeah the majority yeah it, 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 and when to find out interesting is like the his parents were um. Like I think, uh, didn't his mother was like worked as a um uh, yeah they were, in, they were in psychology yeah, yeah. psychology both, yeah both her parents were in yeah. some kind of psych- either psychology or like like I don't um counseling style um, is this the kid that had a breakdown in one of the yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. during during the game yeah. he like had mm-hmm. no love for the game left at all because he would, basically was a commodity. Well, yeah, they, they, they sucked. They sucked it out of him. Like they, they, like they broke him. Down. Like so, basically, they, his world just collapsed. Just yeah. So, so one day of, he's like nowhere. Like he, yeah, one day he, he's he a was hero. captain. He was yeah. like on the headlines. He was in line to make it. To you know, the next step for him was like he was in the national team on, on the youth levels, of course. But um, he, I forget his name. But the, the, he, he was next in line, basically, uh, at, uh, and I can't, I can't think of the, the club he was in. Uh, I think it was like West Brom. I watched Ashton. it a couple weeks ago now, so I can't remember. Anyway, the yeah. point is that um, he was. It, it was like everything pointed at he's the next 
he's yeah, the next one to, to, to go not big but he's definitely the next one to come into the into the first team yeah. right like he's, he's he's on that at that age already where he, he's his next breakthrough is, is professional um and then suddenly they just were like we're not renewing you like yeah, we're not we're not we're, we're not renewing your contract and then he had to go on trials to a bunch of different teams. I think yeah, he there said were a that few he, players said, like, that he went, like six he went on like six six or yeah. seven different trials. And like it got to the point where where he he was just so emotionally devastated and, and so he had so much doubt in his in his <laughs> being that he just broke down. And it and it just became like, you know, he 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 clearly didn't love the game anymore or didn't understand what the fuck was going on to him like in well, his he had, life he had a he had a breakdown because of, yeah. of what yeah. happened you know he he was his star and all of a sudden he was next in line and he gets dropped down i mean dude that, that's, that's no 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 I, 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 of course and of his course, father his saying. father yeah his father was talking about how like every time he, he took a trial at these other clubs he wasn't in the right mindset you know which oh, is yeah. which is probably why he failed so the, the point was is like they these 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 play these kids these players should be should have some sort of like recovery treatment after well, exactly you get, get dumped out you and know? how much responsibility do the clubs have to provide some type of exit program yeah to be there for players who don't make yeah. it and that's what I thought this was guy really was there for like what 10 years like like yes. 10 years of his life yeah. was devoted to this club and all of a sudden he gets dropped for no reason and yeah, I felt really bad about that. In in just this one example, I mean, imagine other examples. I mean, you have like, like kids like in like um, this is not soccer, but it's almost about in the same um, range. Like in Japan, Japan people study really, you know, really hard to get into these top universities. They don't make it. They commit suicide. The suicide rate, I believe, has dropped down a little bit, but at, um, there's still a high suicide rate from from kids that don't get to make it to the universities that they want to make it to, and. This sort of reminds me. That's that's what it reminded me of. I, I wonder how many more stories out there are, are are cases like that. You know, of these these kids who turn into who turn to violence, who, uh, who probably yeah. took their lives um, yeah. because they didn't know how to deal with the, you know, with yeah. the aftermath of, of of you know one well, day going right. from like the best of your life, the next day is the literally the worst day, the worst thing that can ever happen to you was yeah, your, your whole world your, crashes. Well, that was the chilling you're, you're, you're thing. The, yeah, like your whole dream being taken away from you. But don't you guys think yeah, that was the chilling thing about the documentary was they're saying this right. wouldn't fly in any other industry, but because it's sport, you're getting away yeah. with it. But if you strip all of the, the, uh, whatever you want to call it, away from the celebration of sport if you just look at what's happening as an exploitation of children where children are the commodity yeah. and you're using them to make money and then you discard them when you don't need them anymore they have a point Fuck like yeah, i would never think like about slavery. that that way we saw because and it's true we get away with that because we don't oh. we don't approach it from that perspective because it's sport and it's um, right and but and it absolutely kind of is that it's terrifying yeah. The fucked up part about it was it that, that other kid that, that was uh that was in the documentary where um I think he was I think he's I think he's with Fulham or whatever like um as soon as he makes it to pro he's gonna owe them like two hundred and something thousand dollars just because of the because they can of have his, that built in uh, clauses and things yeah yeah I mean that's dude, that's fucked up they said man. that no club would take him then. Because there's a development fee. Yeah, no, right. No, so you're, talking about, you're talking about yeah. the kid that the kid that um. That's the one who had like playing, eight clubs. Yeah, 
Yeah, he he was playing. He was playing at one of the lower divisions, like in like the seventh division or some shit. Like it well, was he started home, though at a bigger academy, hometown. like Chelsea. Right, or right, 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 yeah. right. Chelsea, yes, yes, and then um, or Manchester City or something. Right. Either way, either way, he he went through a lot of different teams, but then the team he was in basically was um, discouraged from from pushing the kid forward because the moment he made it to professional, whoever he made it to professional with was going to owe Chelsea or whatever team it was that I can't, I can't fucking remember. Oh, yeah, I, got that, like I got 80, that wrong then. Because like I thought, eight, I thought like he would, million. not the club. No, 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 not him, not him, <laughs> the club. So it basically, it basically like halts his progress. Yeah, his dad now, said his career is basically killed. It's right cool. because because it's nobody cool. nobody because, wants to pay no, eighty thousand pounds. No, 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 no. There's just other because players those, that don't have that. Because those teams can't afford to pay that amount of money, so they can't right. progress him. Because it, it, it they're, those clubs are so small that when they develop players, they develop them to sell, right? So if they're going to develop right. a player right. to push them forward, then this is a player that has the talent to be pushed forward, but because of this um, clause in his contract. He can't. He will never be pushed forward because this club will, will never afford that. And why would they pay that amount of money for 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 a player when when it should be the other way around as far as the philosophy of the club goes, right? Like whenever those clubs that are so small produce players, they're they're that's their revenue. It sounds fucked up, right? Like it's. It, I mean, it is fucked. And up, the but, thing is, is like they keep players revenue. on that they know won't make it. And they, yeah. have to, oh, they have yeah. to, they have to, because yeah, they have you have to. to have a certain number of players in your academy. You can't yeah. have, you can't have the five kids there that you think have a chance with no one right. else to play with. Right. And that's why Southampton, um, uh, was it Southampton that said that they, they, they stopped their academy? Yes. No, it wasn't Southampton. Was it Southampton? No, well, no, Southampton was, was, was it Mount U? No, 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 but Southampton no, was, was the club that was portrayed as a family club that was trying to do everything right. they could. That, yeah. But there was and, another and, club that shut down. They shut down their 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 lower levels. Um, it was it was a smaller for, club, a smaller town. Yeah, right? yeah, it was it was much smaller. But they were saying basically what what Charles was just saying um, that they didn't want to feed into this basically system of of you know we have three players in our academy of hundreds that have the potential, and the reason we keep the rest of them that we know are not going to make it is because these kids need need kids to play with. The ones that do have potential need other players to play with and train with um, to be able Imagine to Imagine the pressure of a coach that knows right away to the parents. Like they know your kid's not going to make it, but they yeah. keep you on for three more years. Yeah. Knowing you'll be dropped and you're not getting like, uh, you know, my favorite part of it or one of my favorite parts was with Steven Gerrard um, when they interviewed him. And he was saying also that they take these kids at such, such young ages now. And it's yeah. the opposite of when they were growing up where basically they still had to go to school. They still had more family values where like their parents yeah. would be like, if you don't, if you don't, <laughs> even though they're in the academy. So I don't think they were going to a straight up school, you know, traditional school, but I think they were getting some type of tutoring, but that was very important. It was like, if you didn't, if you didn't do your book work, your parents could threaten to not let you play soccer essentially. Whereas yeah. now it's the complete opposite. And the, 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 the teams own these kids and aren't letting them play on Sundays with the Sunday leagues, aren't letting them play on the streets. It violates their contract. They can't go play footy yeah. with anybody yeah. else but the club. And Steven Jarrett's like, you know, I grew up on the streets. It made mm -hmm. street football and, and that, was a huge part of my development. Right. You know, right. And, and, it, that, and 
Go on, run. Oh, no, no, no. I'm pretty much done there. I'm just saying that they're controlling so much of the game. They're just taking away the game is what it seems like. You know, it's right. too they, much. They're taking, away, they're, they're taking away an art form, an art form that yeah, gets absolutely. developed on the street. Yes. And that's absolutely. what I got from that because because now everything's so enclosed. Everything's so, um, so uh, everybody. Yeah, so control that everybody there, every coach there. There's so uh, much is, money is, at every level. Well, right. well, the, well, the thing about the art form is that every, every, there's so many coaches there giving you different directions of how to pursue, how to like, uh, how to give you a style, how to uh, alternate to what you're doing, how to, to play, pretty much how to play. So a lot of this, a lot of that, a lot of the times is you have to develop a sense of freedom um, outside, like the streets. Like the streets will teach you some some shit that you're not gonna get in the in the academy. And 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 that's a, that's the art form that that soccer is losing right now. That um, we're losing that that art form because of these um, these closed infrastructures that develop this talent. It's a, it's a fucking factory. It's right, a fucking absolutely. assembly line. But that, that's assembly. been that's been my argument for a while. Has been so, these academies. Yeah. These kids are like robots, right? So you have these kids that are like, uh, we put there's something you know. My dad always talks about like with with workers and things like you, people that are jack of all trades and master of none kind of deal. So like these kids are like, they're good at pretty much everything They're They can play different positions. They're good, but they're not great at one thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That makes sense to you guys. Yeah. So these kids, they end up being like, um, Oh, I can play him in, midfield i can play him at left back he'll do a solid job but he's not he's not gonna be great at anything you know what i'm saying right. it's, it's just yeah, totally yeah. different yeah yeah I, I think and this goes this goes in line with um the, the other documentary that i watched i think it's i believe it's called concrete jungle it's a french it's in french um and it's it's subtitled um and right. and it and it basically talks about how in france kids grow up playing in the street. And they right. grow up. They grow up representing their neighborhood, um, creating neighborhood teams and playing against other neighborhoods in street cages, um, in you know just street rules, street soccer. And um, they talk a lot about how that's why so much talent comes out of France, um, because these kids these kids grow up, and the goal of the game is to embarrass your opponent. Not so much to score, not so much to pass. Not so, I mean, it's it's to embarrass your opponent, to nutmeg them, to to juke like them FIFA. out, basically. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but the thing is that, like, hey, you know, don't it, talk it, about my game like that, Charles. Yeah, I won't. I won't. <laughs> it, it just it just goes in line with like you know, a lot of my personal beliefs and just the way that the system kind of works right now, especially here in the, in the United States. Um, it's not as fucked up as what we saw in that documentary as far as like getting kids. As, into, as far as we know, I mean, no, 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 no. Wait, yeah. wait, wait. So in, 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 in this documentary, we saw what happens is that the clubs come pick up these kids, right. And they, and they, and they basically promise and promise and promise, but it's it's oh it's, yeah it's I'm not down common. three nil and I just tied it three three in the first minute. <laughs> That's Sorry, it's not ahead. it's not common out there, Ness, for the kids to have to pay to be part of these academies. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have a pay to play model. In the United States they do. And that's that's the big, big difference. Whereas here the parents pay for the kids to have the right to play. 
Um, and it's just a, it's just a completely different it's just a completely different environment. Um, you know, but the, 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 where, where I was going with that is that here in the United States, um, everything is way too organized. And you don't you don't get that street side of things like you were saying this, where you're learning the stuff on the street that you're not going to learn in the organized sport. Um, you know, and it, it just so it's weird. Like, it's weird because I saw this documentary and I'm thinking to myself, like, man, what a difference. Right. Like the, out there, the 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 big the big concern, I guess, is like you're bringing these kids in way too early and um, and and basically. I guess basically like depriving them in a lot of ways of 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 learning to love the game first and foremost. And if I don't know if you noticed, but that was like the general theme that every youth development coach had to say was like their most their their biggest concern was to make sure that these kids learn to love the game, right? And right. and and pretty much every coach, every youth level coach said the same thing. Um, and then. Uh, but you know, the, then there's the, the the issues with the way that the system works, um, and a coach can only do so much about that, right? Like the club ultimately has more of a say. The coach is not doing the recruitment himself, um, so there's there's the coach just ha- kind of has to roll with what ha- what happens around him. A, a lot of the times, like the coaches were in agreement of how the system is fucked up and how right, exactly how, yeah, which exactly. is which is kind of like it's kind of surprising because somebody in that position normally. Keeps, keeps that to himself right because like he's being yeah. employed by these these clubs so you know you, there's but, so, but, so much but you, you can but, say but you, right but you got to realize a lot of these were also retired i was gonna say a lot right. of them were no, guys no, no, no. That, right. yeah right. a lot of like, them were like, like, but not guys out. like gerard Gerard was like like yeah no no right gerard, up, gerard was exactly but he he he, he even he, gareth he, southgate he was, who's the t- coach the england coach uh yeah you know definitely he was pretty outspoken about it yeah. No, and, yeah. and I think it, and for him, I think it's in, in his best interest to have this system fixed. Uh, it's in England's, just from a footballing perspective's best interest to have the system just kind of fixed, you know? Like, it, I feel like kids are brought into academies way too early, even though it's good for, their, for them to develop with, with organized, because um, only playing on the streets is also not, not, completely beneficial like when you're when you when you want to talk about a professional standard you, you need to have um you know education proper education but um and and the street will give you so much of it but not all of it um you know and and so i i like the fact that there's academies out there that that bring kids in at a young age what i don't like is the rules around it all you know like depriving them from playing in the streets like charles was saying you can't play in Sunday league. You can't, you know what I mean? Like all that kind of stuff is like, why? You know, you're putting all these rules, you're giving all these rules to these kids who are ultimately the reason they're there is because they want to play. And I feel like we, we forget, we tend to forget about the word itself play. That's what you're there to do play and have fun. And, and a lot of these rules and systems in place, take that away. Well, it's And and, and that sucks. And there's the, the other the big thing that hit me too was um, it seemed like back in the 80s and 90s, 70s, that the, there were a lot of uh, – the academy system, you can't argue with the fact that it's made great players. Like yeah. the, I think the academy system is not the problem, but it's it's what – it seems like the big clubs get involved. So now that's part of what I took away from it as well is – the, they it was I don't know what town it was maybe it was Brighton or something but they were 
or I could be totally making this up, but they were saying there were more Manchester City scouts in Brighton than Brighton scouts in Brighton. Like the big clubs are looking at younger and younger. Yeah, and that was um, one comment he made that that stood out to me is is um, these these big clubs they spend big money and they spend big money, um, and ultimately it's it's not necessarily about how much you can spend, but more so about how much you can waste. Right. And that right. that comment just kind of stood out to me. I was just like, holy shit, like that's so true because these these big clubs are 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 able financially to spend all this money, waste all this money on this potential talent that ends up not making it. Um, whereas the smaller clubs are losing all this talent that they can potentially give more attention to and, and nurture yeah, better. Yeah, well, the little clubs um, aren't whole, they're, they don't have those young players like they used to. Right. Like, I mean, and I keep going to back back to Beckham, but it's because I've watched his story and I used to, he's just the one I'm most familiar with. But he played for his local club for a long time, and I mean, and United signed him signed him pretty early, like 13 or something. But he still had like. Tons of yeah. his youth with the with that local team that his dad played on or whatever it was. You can, who knows? You can go look it up. But it just doesn't sound like that's what's going on now. It's like, right. and the clubs know they have that reputation. So it's like if Manchester United yeah. comes to your door for your five year old, your five year old, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what that dad was saying. He's like, he because they asked him. He said, if you had any advice for parents in the future, he would say, well, you know. Listen and to the offer, but then yeah. then give yourself a minute to step back from the awe of it all and how incredible it sounds to educate yourself and to know yeah. that it's going to be a ride. It's yeah, pretty amazing. Yeah, and that, yeah, yeah, it is, man. It it it, it was it was. It's a good documentary. It was, I think. Yeah, yeah, it it, it, it shed a light on something that I had no clue that was going on, uh, yeah. and and also it shed a light of, of uh, for me the what it took away was. The aftermath of what happens to someone who doesn't make it. I think. That's oh, yeah, I'm most, glad you brought that think, up, Nestor. I think that's the most powerful. Uh, for me, that was the most powerful thing about the documentary, and I kind of wish they would have gone into more, like, more about more it. More about that. Yeah, because like it's, it's because I, I, the whole time I'm thinking, man, like, what if that would happen to me? And I also have a, I have a, uh, I have a cousin who's who went through that, um, and and um, and I wonder what happened to him. I wonder how he dealt with it. You know, because it's not. It, it, it's 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 your dream being crushed, being taken away from you, yeah. and that's that's powerful. Yeah. You know, I I I have a cousin who was was in this uh, second division youth system for uh, a division one team for a, a very long time. Like he pretty much he pretty much grew up there, you know, and not having to make first team, and also getting other tryouts uh, with other clubs, not making it there, going going out of the country to try out somewhere, he's not making it there either. So it's like you know, like he went through a lot, dude, and um, and hearing and hearing the fact of, about this this guy who they talked about in the past tense, which makes it even more powerful. It's oh man, it it, it got me. I was like, oh man, this is yeah. this is something. This is something I never thought of. I never thought about that, and yeah. and then it reminded me of my cousin and, and why that. That's yeah. why it was so close to me. I was like, oh wow, that. That's What's powerful. funny, my all my coaches at the at the club I joined when I was fourteen. Um, from 14 through U18, um, and they had different coaches for each year. Two two guys for each each team each year. All of them were uh, ex academy players who didn't make it from England. That came over yeah. to Did coach. Did you play for Beedling? Uh No, we played. I played for Arsenal uh, Football Club of Pennsylvania. <laughs> but Beedling's who we played in the final every goddamn year. Yeah, Delco is who we play in the final. Yep, Beedling was a. Uh, 
don't so know if you funny because yeah, you I remember re- FC Delco. Yeah, yeah. They were so, like they won national championships like yeah three years in a row and all yeah. that. It's so, so funny because I forget that we're both from Pennsylvania, so you know those right. teams. Um, but uh, yeah, they were all ex academy players that came over uh, just basically college age to come back. They got dropped and they have a lot of knowledge. So they come over here, they go to college and, uh, and coach. Yeah. That's what all of them were doing. This is uh, 30 now. So this is 15 years ago. But uh, so I was very like, at least I had it. Like I knew that happened. And in fact, I think that's what one of the players in this documentary was doing. He was playing at a division two school and going to school. Remember? I don't remember who it was. You know, the other interesting thing about this documentary was they were saying, um, we haven't touched on it yet, but I think it's worth mentioning, is, the tr- is that they're failing in for all the quality they're getting in England. This is specific to England being World Cup, um, is it World Cup uh, or whatever, champions I'm, I'm at U17 and U20. They're right, failing, they're not making it to the they're, first team. They're failing to integrate these players into the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're saying that yeah. the French league and the Swiss league or are in the, the Dutch league, league, the German leagues are doing it well. They right. have a much higher percentage of younger players in their top league and the premier league does not, but we have argued, but yeah. they have, sorry, we not England, but England has arguably <laughs> the, the best youth in the world. If you look at world cup champions, U 17, U 20, and they don't have those players in their own premier league. Yeah. They, so like they what's going on? Uh, it, it's definitely not a lack of talent. Um, it going on in England. It's it, and you know what's funny. I've talked to, um, I've talked to uh, uh, Mike um, on Twitter, Mike O'Donnell, mm-hmm. um, a lot about about this and how how closely comparable the situation in England is versus the situation in Mexico, because Mexico also produces a lot of good talent between right. the ages of fifteen and nineteen uh, ish, and it's just talent that ends up stagnating. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because of, it's just because of integration. Like, like, uh, like, um, uh, Wenger was saying, um, just the way that the way that the third stage of the, of the process integrating them into first team football, it, it becomes very, very difficult because you have your full team roster of 26 players that have been professional for however many years. And here you have this kid who's trying to make a breakthrough. You know, how do you convince, how do you talk to, you know, your 26th player or your 19th player, depending on how large your, your bench roster is or your, your match roster is, um, that you're going to bench him or sit him out for this freaking 18 year old. You know, you know he doesn't have a problem doing that. Guardiola. Uh, Right. No, no, and, he, and, and like, neither does he. Neither does neither does Arsene Wenger. I mean, he he's he's been he's known for introducing youth right. players, and then he you know so he he was talking a lot about that, and he he says that's that's one of the things that um, he 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 doesn't like to see that because of because of how much talent there is, you know, because clearly there's a lot of talent in England, right, um, and then they're just not translating it. And that that's that's really sad. It's really sad to see that, and and it ends up being just because money, you know, money. It's just not enough teams in in, in England that are willing that are willing to take that risk. And young players need time. And our fans, every team's fan, doesn't have the patience anymore. Everybody wants right. the results immediately. <clears throat> like, 
Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah it, it, it's stacked also the fact them. that they're recu- that they're recruiting too early, that they're giving these these kids too much money at an early age. Uh, yeah, uh, I think that that's uh, re- reduces too. their drive to to yeah. complete. Yeah. So they're they're pre- they're pretty much. So now what's happening is that they're they're pretty much too focused on showing off their bullying instead of the actual right. sport. You they're, know, they're, they're they're rewarded and made made to feel successful before they've actually even played. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Now, like, before they've actually even tasted the success or actually worked for it. You know, the success. And it sucks to yeah. say that they haven't well, worked they, for it. Yeah, I was about to their, say that. They, about... they spent 10 years in a, in a lot of cases but it's putting more... their time in. Right. But the reality is that they still haven't done anything, which right. is which is just the nature of, of the beast in this case. You know, And like it's Gerard still more than they need. It's like Joey Barton was on there. And I never thought I'd agree with Joey Barton on anything in the world because he, he's apparently a total scumbag. And he's done some really scummy things on the field if you guys don't know who he is. Um, between tackles and spitting and disrespecting yeah. and racism, but anyway, he's in this documentary and he does have some <laughs> wise. Hmm? Yeah, I, I like uh, what he when he, he, when, he some... told, when he was talking about yeah. talking to his academy or to the the youth players coming up, telling them, you know, come take off my shirt if you want. I mean, if you want right. to come saying, who's you, hungry? Come take it off. Are you hungry enough? Do you think you can do this? Nobody's going to give this to you in the real world. But the academies do. And he's saying it's like setting him up to fail. And he's saying no, no under what, I don't know what the age was, but like no academy player essentially who's saying needs more than, and younger academy player needs more than 600 pounds a week. Yeah. And even then, you know what I mean? Like, and maybe he's right because there was that one, a lot of these guys apparently, they get tons of money and then they have time, free time. Mm-hmm. And then they go yeah, do, do things that they shouldn't be doing. Right. Right. It, it just, it's, it's, it's crazy, man. It's crazy when you start thinking about all of this big picture stuff, right? Like in, and I don't know, like I feel like for, for myself aspiring to, to one day be a coach and, and try to shape <laughs> um, players and, and you know, like, I feel like, my number one priority is not to play tiki taka or to fucking teach them how to do step overs. My number one priority is to make sure that these kids love the game. That's a shitty priority. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's, that's like that, you know what that, and the sad part is from my perspective is the reason why I don't coach is because I'm, I'm afraid. Um, I'm there? afraid. I'm, I'm afraid, like the parents. I'm afraid of of the expectation. Um, I'm afraid of of dealing with with you know the number one priority for any kid, any anybody that's below 12, 13, 14, fuck even fifteen. Their their number one priority should be to have fun and to enjoy what they're doing, to love the game. And if the coach is too focused on they're not passing the ball right, they're not. They're not moving where I want them to. They're not doing this. They're not doing that. They're, you know, they, they should be a defender. What the fuck are they doing? All, all that kind of stuff is just, it's just extra, man. Like most of these kids are not going to make it. You know, every coach wants to be the one that trained or taught the next big superstar. But the reality is that that's just not, that's just not very likely. And and I, I just feel like it's, it's, it's more frequent and more often than, than not that you find coaches that are trying to progress their own personal careers rather than 
teach these kids how to not only be better players, but just be better people and, and to just fall in love with the game. And you know what I mean? Like to, to understand what it, what it means to play and to not forget that because it's fucking easy to forget to be a kid and to play and, and, you know, yeah, know. absolutely. Well, is there anything you guys want to say? I think that wraps it up pretty nicely about yeah, the documentary. Yeah. Is there anything yeah. you guys want to want to oh, add? Yeah. I just think it's really cool if you guys, if anybody out there hasn't seen it, um, maybe it's more eye opening to us as Americans than to Europeans who are more familiar with the academy system in general. But um, what I was think the it's name a, of it again? No Hunger in Paradise, okay. which I think means the kids need to be hungrier. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's what the title means. That's how I took it. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely it, it's good. And I, and as as far as being an American, I feel like I'm more familiar with most than the academy system because I've been over there and seen some of it and and played some of those guys. But still, um, it's just to see the cameras in the reality of it, in and around it, and the young players and the money. I had no idea that they were talking about fifty thousand pounds a week for young kids to be able to get that type of contract with no when guarantee you, of making a first team yeah, ever. Yeah. It's and another thing, one last me. thing is that the percentage is so low that people don't really realize. Oh yeah. Realize so that, low. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. Well, we're an hour in and um, we wanted to also talk about Brian is enjoying FIFA and oh, Evo, the Evo tournament, but I'm thinking we should, let's do one of those. You guys want to hold Evo for the next podcast and we'll talk about other uh, games as well. We no, we'll how about this? About how about how about this? How about this? We can talk about Brian uh FIFA and then if you guys still if you if Brian wants FIFA, to take FIFA, off or whatever. FIFA's gonna be quick. We can talk I want to talk about Evo. <laughs> okay. No, that's fair. But I don't want to go more than another twenty minutes because that then'll be an hour and a half, I think. Uh, yeah. I think yeah, that's good. Never gonna work. Uh, yeah. I, no, no, no. It'll is... be good. It'll be good. Okay. Brian, okay. Tell us about FIFA because you're playing it right now. And uh, you, you're playing more FIFA than you have in a long time. Since FIFA 16, yeah, pretty much. Um, no, you, but you never did. played um, online divisions, right? This is a new thing. For you. I did in FIFA 16. Before oh, you the did. Pack. Yeah. And oh, just... yeah. It was during that time where you had just discovered it, and then they patched it the next couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, that sucked. Did you remember that? How devastated I was. Yeah. Dude, I was. Me too. We all were, dude. We all that were. was that was the start of the I don't give a fuck about this shit anymore. Like yeah, that really, really was. was like the 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 point where I was just like fuck this I can't take this anymore. There was <laughs> like, so much promise it. in that demo and then the fun in that game. FIFA 16 yeah. was cool. It was cool. We're not gonna go any deeper than that, but it was cool. Um, so tell yeah, me about 18. Been... I'm just finding the divisions or the seasons. It's called seasons. Sorry, but I'm playing. Yeah, right now I'm in division six. Um, oh, you went just, down. I'm having so much, just so much fun with it. I mean, they really have figured out the individuality, um, and it's definitely very prominent. The the tall lumber players, slower turn radius. You got the uh, the smaller players. Like like I'm I'm playing with Chelsea right now, and I love playing with Hazard. Um, he's just an absolute joy to play with. And it just does the presentation when you score a goal. It's just amazing. Now I haven't played the AI yet. I know I've been talking about maybe getting into career mode a little bit and figuring that out. But man, just when I'm playing, 
it just I didn't think FIFA would get here um, because I played the demo. I saw the game at E3 and I was like, wow, this looks really bad. <laughs> and, and I played the demo. I was like, this is not for me, even if I didn't like that other game we don't speak of anymore. Um, <laughs> but but uh, uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it doesn't, it's not FIFA 16 before the patches, but it is. It has a great balance. It's a balanced game, is what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, it it's and it's fun. Online yeah. is very. I don't know about Ultimate Team. I hear everyone bitching about Ultimate Team. The same people that bitch about that similar mode uh, in that other game we don't speak of. So I don't. I haven't played. Yeah, uh, it. But yeah, I don't I, even bother. I, yeah. But the seasons, man, it's just so addicting. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Anyway, so I've been playing that because it's, you know, it's. Oh, I just got scored. It's one one. Um, I just it it has that another another game, another game. It's just it's very balanced. Um, I enjoy, you know, out footballing people and, it. it I don't know, Jose. You've played it probably more than Nestor and Charles have. What What are your thoughts? Oh, yeah, I haven't played it at all. Yeah. Um. I I just I just find it engaging it's it's a, it's a fun game that engages that makes that makes me feel engaged um i feel like i have to focus when i play i feel like i have to think you know like i feel like it's just a fun game to play um ultimately i don't play a whole lot of soccer games at all anymore because i have i have very little time and my 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 desire to play is somewhere else mm-hmm. um but uh, but when I do play that game, every single time I've played that game, I've thought to myself, wow, this is, this is a good game. It's a fun game. It's not great. It's not this fucking amazing. Because if it was, I'd be playing it, obviously, right? But but it's but it's been every single time I've touched it, I had a good time. And I I can't really give a game any more praise than that. That was every single time she's touched it, she's had a good time. That sounds yeah. very sexual yeah. to me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's just a fun game, man. Like I really don't have too much more to say about it than other than like it's just fun to play. Right. It's just a, it's just a fun game to play. Like I don't. It's, yeah. it's fun. <laughs> that's, that's probably the best way to put it. It's it's just fun. I think Charles, because I'm I'm looking forward to. Uh, Either World Cup DLC or if they're going to have a uh, a separate mode of some sort, I'm just uh, come on, you motherfucker! Uh, <laughs> it, it's it's got me back in the footy a little bit. You know what I mean? Since I was yeah. down for a while now. Mm-hmm. That's good. Hey, get your fucking ass out of here, goddamn cat! Get the get the fuck out! What are you doing? I love how what you is- talk to your cat. <laughs> Everyone. We get to hear you and your cat talk. Yeah. yeah. Fucking cunt. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, man, I, I think I think um, hopefully soon we can we can try and get a, a pro clubs team going and just have fun playing. Absolutely, I really want to play pro clubs again. FIFA sixteen pro clubs. We had so much fun, dude. Yeah. Yeah. For the short time that you that you got to play with us, it was it was great. It was a great mm-hmm. time, man. All right, you guys can talk about your stupid Evo bullshit. All right. Yeah, on, on to things that I really, really, really care about right now. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, it's cooler to be happy, able man. to do that, to talk about other things that you guys really want to talk about. I think is nice. Yeah. Um, Evo just, just happened. Uh, Nestor and I were fucking losing our minds. So this is the story, right? Like, so um, we, we, Evo happened, Evo in Japan is the first time Evo goes to Japan. For those of you that don't know what the fuck Evo is, um, rather than spending a shitload of time explaining it, um, it's just a fighting game tournament. If you really want to know, look it up. <laughs> well, I'll, 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 do, I'll do something better than that. It's the biggest fighting game tournament in the world. It's, yeah, uh, it's, it's equivalent it's, of the Olympics. Yeah, it takes games. place. It takes place here in Las Vegas, and it's a big deal. It's not just Street Fighter; is a uh, multiple Every, fighting games. Um, bunch of fighting yeah, games. yeah. So uh, the main event, the main event, the main event is always Street Fighter. Um, has been always Street Fighter. So um, that's Evo, and this is the first time it happens in Japan, which is a big deal. And it's actually it actually happened early on in the season. So we got yeah. for the first time to see season three tech. Um, right. So yeah. Yeah, which is cool. Um, it just the 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 thing the thing I was gonna say about it, the the, the part that kind of was really exciting to me was um, Japan has a shitload of fucking really good players that don't get to make it to a lot of the big tournaments. So a lot of the times, there's a lot of players that are really fucking good that nobody gets to watch play, like hardly ever, unless you really track them down online or whatever. Or they make it into like online compilation videos or something like that. But um, it was cool to see the extremely high level that this tournament was played at. Um, and Charles, I know you, you, you're kind of trying to get into Street Fighter right now. Um, and a lot of times, like when I watch any other game that I don't really know the intricacies of, um, I don't realize what's happening because I don't understand the intricacies of the game. Um, but in this in this case, um, whatever it is that you got to see, you you, you know, I don't know how much um, detail you picked up on, but fucking a man, the the level of this tournament was very fucking high. Um, seeing the game, especially this new season with all the new balance updates and everything that changed, um, finally seeing competitive play was was refreshing to me. Like I feel like. My my excitement for Street Fighter is at an all time high right now, which is crazy to say about a game that's been out for two years um, already. You know, like that that I've played pretty much exclusively over that same over that time period. It's crazy to think that something changed and now like my excitement for the game is is at an all time high. It, it, this far in, I've never experienced this before um, with any game. You know, it's the longest I've ever played a game ever. <laughs> Easy. <clears throat> so Nestor and I were trying to get together to watch the top eight of Street <laughs> Fighter, um, and we 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 watched the day one of the of the tournament starts at four sorry at four p.m. our time, right? Um, day two starts at four p.m. our time, and day three, which is top eight finals, we were expecting to start at the same time. So Nestor comes over to my house. I go pick up my buddy Wall. The fucking which is like 30 miles away it's not that it's not that bad but i want to pick them up and we, we gather here i made fucking ceviche and, and you know we're like fuck yeah we're gonna hang out and watch fucking street fighter that's cool and, and play some fucking dragon ball right and um and we were all fucking hyped and we were looking at this fucking stream and next thing you know it's four o'clock and the fucking tournament's still not on and then we're like what the fuck is going on come to find out the tournament was scheduled at four in the morning <laughs> on that that fucking night 
So we spent the entire fucking day, and everybody was like, oh, no, no, it's going to start at 5. Oh, okay. 5 comes around, didn't start. Oh, no, no, it's going to start at 11. Fucking 11 comes around, didn't start. Starting at 12. I'm like, fuck, dude, I stayed up till 1, waiting. <laughs> waiting to fucking watch the tournament. And after that, after that I, I don't understand why you didn't just tired. look at the time, though. Because we, because we did. We did look at the time, and the time set 4 in the morning. Right? And then people that were there that are commentating said different time. Oh, they actually so, screwed up. So so then there was like a whole lot of different people talking about different times. And it just became this big fucking clusterfuck and everybody was in the in the stream chat waiting for the fucking thing to come up in the Twitch uh channel chat or whatever. It was like, when the fuck is this tournament starting? From like four o'clock all the way into like you know the next fucking day pretty much um so yeah it it was it was it was crazy um just it sucked because we we were all excited to fucking watch it and we ended up having to watch it at home the next morning (laughs) waking up like at fucking 9 a.m getting our coffee and breakfast going (laughs) you see the a replay that we trying to search yeah, trying to search trying, not to get spoiled. <laughs> trying not to get spoiled and shit. I was just like, oh my god. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, but the 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 level of play was super high, man. Um, Tokido yeah, is a fucking monster. Top eight. He was the most top fun eight. to watch for me. Yeah, you, top eight was it? so good, man. I watched all his matches. Oh yeah, dude. His yeah, and his play is is just it, it's <laughs> the the his. I, I remember like now. Correct me if I'm wrong. Well prepared, he is. It's fucking insane. I thought it was really cool. Now, I don't pick up on a lot of stuff because I'm just getting into the game. But it looked like to me like he – I could tell he was thinking outside the box because it looked like Birdie went to grab him and it looked like he used the animation of V-Trigger or whatever that's called to make the grab whiff. Yeah. He would do yeah. shit like that. And I was like, do, does yeah. everybody play that way? Because that seems insane no. to me. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that's no. that's just a sprinkle of what you're going to see once if, once he, if you once do start playing you. Yeah. Well, no, no. Yeah, I'm right. Just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, like, this is a sprinkle of the of what you got. Oh yeah, I don't if, have time to watch if, it. Yeah, all if you, if day. you, if you, if you get into the game, if you learn the intricacies of the game, you start to see these decisions, like how these decisions break down in real time, and your yeah. mind will start to pick up, like, oh, he didn't do that because because this whole time he's been doing crouch light or whatever, waking up buttons, so he didn't do anything or whatever. You know, like. You'll start to see them. Yeah. yeah, you'll start then, to see them adapting. And that's yeah. what's fascinating about And then you you end up like like Nestor and, and me sitting down watching people play, and then you watch this fucking guy jump over somebody and you're like, What the fuck? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then like everybody else is just like, What the fuck? Dude, he didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, he just jumped you over. Know, like, just like, yeah, he didn't do anything. But but yeah, like it's just because of you you get to know the game and you get to know certain situations. Mm-hmm. And and then when you see the way that these people that like you said think outside the box deal with these situations, you 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 realize like fuck like the the, the level of preparation. Like Tokido, every time I watch Tokido play, I get this feeling that he he is either a straight up genius that figures out these these really unique situations in the game and manages to replicate them, or he's just incredible it, on his toes exactly so it's either one or the other like he's either either way he's he's it's fucking amazing what he does like watching him what he, but what he, he didn't does. win right right which is which is like 
crazy. So he ended up fighting against fucking Daigo. Daigo oh, beat him. Heartbreaking. heartbreaking. And Daigo and, and Daigo beat him. And Guile. I, I, I hate that character. Uh, <laughs> um, a lot of people hate hate Guile. A lot of people hate Guile. Um, Out of all the dumb haircuts in any yeah. in any anything <laughs> ever. Anything. Oh, you weren't around in the 80s. Yes, I was. <laughs> what do you mean I wasn't? I grew oh, up yeah. with Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. And the reason, one of the reasons I didn't like Street Fighter was because of that dumb fucking haircut. Yeah. <laughs> that, is the, no, I, that, is, that is the dumbest haircut of any character in any entertainment medium of all time. I'll stand by that. Okay, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like Guile because <laughs> of his play style. I just like Guile's play style. I feel like anybody who plays Guile successfully um to to be good with Guile, you have to be so far ahead of what's going on no, that's uh, just in a moment to moment because you have to charge all of his moves every special he, he has two specials but they're charge specials right so in order for you to really get the most out of every situation you have to plan ahead and if you don't have the charge for it you can't do nothing <laughs> pretty much like your combos are like one hit combos like one one hit two hit max and and they don't really do hardly any damage because you if you didn't have the charge for the situation you're in, then you weren't prepared. Yeah, so it's definitely right? an advanced level character. So so he's the type of character that like he's not he's not his game plan is is kind of simple because he only has two special moves and they're not very difficult to do. But the difficult part of Guile is to really be at a high level with him. Um, you have to be prepared for everything. You have to be prepared. You have to be really quick with your charging. You have to understand the scenarios that you're in in a way that that lets you think ahead so that you can be prepared for what happens next. And if you're not prepared, then you have to be prepared for that in a way in a way <laughs> to that be prepared you to have not to, be prepared. You have to know how to deal <laughs> with not having charge. Because because he relies on charge. And when you don't have charge, you have to know how to deal with that. Do you know what I mean? So like he just it's it's he's a he's a character that the people that know how to play him really really well make him look like he's not charging make him look like he's not a charge character and that to me is like fascinating so I I just like his play style a lot and he didn't win either um, no right right and and Daigo's you know he's really stepped up his game as of late the last few months the last two or three months he's really stepped up his game I feel like he's finally starting to understand this game. Um, in, in a way that is going to allow him to start having success. Is the next um, Evo 2018 in the United States? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's going to be in July. Uh, it's in July. Uh, it's in Las Vegas pretty much every year so far. You guys could go. Keep track. Yeah, um, except for the fact that it lands on my birthday, and which is my daughter's birthday. Which means, which means I can't you go You can take work. your daughter. Unless, you guys can go to Evo. Unless... unless Unless once she gets older, she likes this stuff, <laughs> which which is something I'm really really pushing. <laughs> um, I thought of you, Ness. Um, not to change the subject, and I, we'll get right back to it. But I, before I lose, I thought of you, Ness, when I uh, I googled um, nude Street Fighter mod on YouTube, <laughs> and I watched all the girls you like with their boobies out, thanks to a hey. mod. It's so funny that people do that to games. I was cracking up. I, I know, man. What's, no, what's even what's even more funny is people pay that. Pay for, pay for that, yeah. They pay for those mods. Pay for those mods. Right. Yeah. 
Anyway, it's nuts. Um, okay. No, um, what was I going to say? I was going to say, Jose, we should figure something out to celebrate the birthdays before. You should take Evo. your daughter to Eva. So we totally can fucking take her to go. Evo. Yeah, yeah I, I do. I do want to go to an Evo for sure. Yeah, I figure that out. At the very yeah. least one fucking Evo, you know. But yeah, my, my wife's birthday is on the 19th. And Evo usually lands right in the middle of July. Um, and so it's just, it, it just ends up being really fucked for me. Yeah, bad timing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which sucks, which really sucks, man, because I really want to go. I really fucking want to go. I love the enthusiasm you guys have. I think it's really cool to to uh, to watch the fighting game tournaments for that reason. I mean, I'm not new to Evo because I used to watch Mortal Kombat and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Were you surprised of how much we talk in, our, in that like room we invited you in? That- no, not at all. <laughs> Uh, okay, because I'm thinking like I wonder if Charles is like fuck man, why did I join this fucking room? <laughs> no, it's nice. <laughs> I, there's no pressure though. Everything. There's no pressure yeah. for me to yeah. contribute anything because I really don't have anything to contribute. So I kind of just yeah. like being the fly on the wall. Yeah, no, yeah, but that's fun. that's. I mean, it, uh, like most of the stuff we that's in there that we talk about is just like tech, um, and it's stuff that as you start learning learning the game and and understanding a little more our our lingo or you know yeah. whatever we're, we're discussing. Yeah. Um, you know, later on, you're, you're, you're either going to find it really useful or have something more to say about it. Well, let me ask you know, real quick. What was funny is just that you guys are by far and away the biggest talkers. I thought the whole group would be like that, to be honest. No, no, but it's no, still no. just you it and Nestor. <laughs> um, let me ask you guys, how did you get into Street Fighter? Because I didn't realize before Street Fighter Five. I guess you guys used to talk about four. But um, yeah. when did you guys um, start playing Street Fighter and why? Arcades? Mm-hmm. Kids? What happened? No, um, Nestor, Nestor and I, our friend Walt, um, he he was really into Street Fighter, um, fighting games in general, really. Yeah. Um, him and his brother used to play a lot, and when we started hanging out a lot with him, um, we'd go over there to to their house, and you know they'd they'd be playing fighting games, and that's kind of how the whole fighting game thing came up for for me. I mean, Street Fighter Two, Super Nintendo. I always, I always wanted, but I never owned a Super Nintendo. So I feel like, had I had I been through that, I probably would have been Street Fighter from a long time ago. Mm. But um, but yeah, it just it, it just never happened, right? And then Street Fighter Four came out, and I tried so hard to get into that game, and I just for some reason it was a hard I, game. Um, it was that a was hard, hard game, hard and I think I, I also think that the time of my life that that I was, you know, I was going through college at the time. Um, and, you know, I was trying to get into working in my, my career. Um, I was, I was working on trying to get married. Um, I just had a lot of shit going on. And then during that time, like the whole soccer game stuff was still very, very, um, uh, big part of my life and other video games just kind of took over. Right. And, um, I just feel like, I didn't get to know enough about the game for me to realize that um, that I would have really enjoyed it. And now it's a big regret of mine not getting into Street Fighter Four. Um, you know, back then, Street Fighter Five came out. I think just at a, at the perfect time in my just gaming life, I guess. Have you guys been playing it since it dropped? Since it, since the release, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's been yeah. what three or four years. Two. It's th- two years. It's been two years. Oh, season three, right? Okay. Yeah. So the the thing with me is like I've always been a um 
I've always liked Street Fighter 2. Um, I remember like barely reaching over the arcade cabinet to play that that game. Like after school, I would run to the local uh, liquor store that had a, a, an arcade a cabinet, the cabinet, and um, and I would always you know try to try to play. It, it was just casually, never really into it. Um, not like hardcore or whatever. Just always getting my butt kicked no matter what. Uh, spending a few quarters, uh, the quarters that I had. So. Um, so yeah, so that sort of dropped off. I got a Super Nintendo. I ended up getting Street Fighter, and I played it again casually. Then Mortal Kombat came out, and I'm like, "What the hell is this?" You know. So <laughs> I played Mortal Kombat a lot. I actually, the, my history of fighting games, uh, I played Mortal Kombat a lot more than I've ever than I played Street Fighter because yeah. I was I played. That's a kid's uh, dream, though. That game back then. Yeah, yeah, because it was so like novel, also because oh, like. It was awesome. the, the, the characters looked realistic. There was fucking blood. Uh, in the Super Nintendo version, there was spit. <laughs> it was if you're spit. from like the yeah. 80s, it's a defining moment in your childhood to watch somebody knock somebody into the pit. Right. Yeah. And you're it, just yeah, like, it had, oh my God, life these, is awesome. Yeah, it had these finishers and these finishers that were hard to do or everybody was always saying, oh man, there's this there's this finisher in Mortal Kombat. That is, this is how you do it. And there was always this like... So much the, mystique about that game. Yes. Mystique, so much. Exactly. Exactly. And it was great. You know, it was it was cool. And and that that lasted. I mean, it wasn't it was never hardcore for me. I was never like trying to get into the frame data of it. It was just casual play. Yeah, of course. Uh, and, and, and that went that's that, that was a long stretch because I remember looking up cheat codes like I would go to cheatcc.com like early Internet at, at my like junior high um, to uh, to download uh pages like you know to print out pages of, of of cheat codes for that for that um to do the the was it the finishers um for mortal kombat i forget which one at the time but but yeah and i and then i sort of dropped off the mortal kombat train and then i went over like super smash brothers so i used yeah, to like, turn super, for super smash yeah. brothers i would I, I played that like hardcore that was like my first hardcore game I was like, oh, yeah. okay, this is this is this is something I want to get good at. I, I participate in tournaments, local tournaments. I would get like third, fourth place, you know. Um, so I was I was pretty good um, playing that game. Like I said, I would host tournaments, um, and and yeah. So so then there was this big stretch where like fighting games were pra- practically dead. I didn't really play the Street Fighter Alpha series. I didn't play because um, I didn't have a PlayStation, so I never got into those games. Um, so. This this there was this big stretch in my life where I didn't really play any fighting games but Smash Brothers until Street Fighter Four came out, and my my buddy Walt and his brother were playing it, and then I ended up playing that game and I would get destroyed, and I made it my mission to beat both of them. So I bought the game and I remember um, loving it. At first I just loved it. I was like, oh this this looks great, it feels great, um, and I remember um, I was sort of like the I would get was getting bullied because they were. Beating my ass, trash talk, friendly banter, of course, but I don't want to lose. So I remember one night I said, okay, I'm going to dissect my character. And this is like before I even know frame data. I was just knowing what was punishable, what was not, you know, um, when, when I like trying to figure things out, combos in general. And um, I just studied my character and studied combos. Um, combos I figured out for myself because I didn't there was like no YouTube or I don't think there was YouTube back in the day or was there anyways yeah, there but was. Um, yeah there was but I, I, I obviously didn't, I didn't have internet <laughs> so um, so I go over one day and I completely destroyed everyone there not only my friend his brother his cousins so I completely destroyed them and it felt really good and that was the moment where I was like yeah this um, you got that feedback you needed uh, 
Yeah, I got yeah, I got that high, and I ended up playing that game, and I continued playing it until they stopped playing it, and I would casually go in and play rank or practice or whatever. But it was never really, I never really got into the frame data uh, uh, or the intricacies uh, because nobody else played it with me, and that's a game that you sort of need somebody else to go along with you, and yeah. and then luckily when five came out, I was I was I would tell everybody was excited. My inner group was excited. My inner circle of friends were excited. They got it. Uh, I played the beta, so I was already hyped from the moment you know it came out, and I was sort of trying to get Jose to play it. Although they just play it, whatever. Luckily, he loved it, and um, and I, I was already in love with it. And my other two friends, Walt, who introduced me to the damn series, stopped playing it. You know, after we beat, after I beat his ass, <laughs> or whatever. <Yeah. laughs> that was it for uh, him, they, man. Yeah, they uh, they stopped playing it, and and I was afraid that Jose was gonna drop off, and I was gonna be the only one again playing. Um, uh, by myself, you know, or at least casually play it because I really liked this game and I wanted to like, I guess, study and get more, like get better. And the, we, we're here now. We're here now, I guess. Yeah. So the, the rest is history. So yeah, so it's, uh, I was fortunate enough that Jose liked it, you know. I think the difference between like Street Fighter 4 and Street Fighter 5 and as to why, why one hooked me and the other one didn't, um, I felt like Street Fighter 4 was, was um, I, I guess at the time, like, it just made, I just felt like I had to learn these combos that I had no idea how they worked, right? So every time I tried doing them, I didn't know or understand how they worked. All I knew was that I'm doing the fucking move, I'm trying to do the moves that I see people doing, but I didn't know the intricacies of how to make those combos actually connect. So I could never make them connect. So so um, it made me feel like I tried, I don't know, maybe like 10 different characters in that game, just really trying to fucking to like it, you know? Um, because there were things that I did like about it. I just, it just made me feel like at the time, it made me feel like I have to put so much into this um, to, to, <laughs> um, to, to, to really get something out of it. And it made me feel like, um, I don't know, I just felt like the, the, the combo strings were too long. And like there were there were certain things that I just didn't really care for. Um, yeah, I only played it for a little I, bit and I know it, I vaguely yeah. felt the same way. And I just felt like I, I wasn't being rewarded for, for good defending. Um, I just felt like certain things that just made me feel that way, right? Like, and, and looking back, my, my, my initial feelings were, were relatively accurate, which is kind of weird. Um, but thinking back now, I just wish that I knew what I know now, because if I knew what I know now, I would have, I would have played that game without a doubt. Um, because I would have known how to deal with the stuff that well, I had getting a chance to put that knowledge onto me so that I yeah. enjoy yeah. my time with it. Yeah. And Street Fighter five is, um, a lot more easy to pick up a lot more. It so seems that I way. Like, it seems that I felt like street, I felt like Street Fighter four was very execution heavy. And it was more so about who put the most time into learning their combos rather than like actually outthinking or outsmarting your opponent. I felt like if I played against somebody that can execute their combos better than I could, I was going to lose no matter what. Mm. That's just the feeling that that game gave me at the time. Now I know different, right? Now I know that it's not necessary. It's not that black and white. Now I know that while execution is extremely important in that game, I could still have success 
you know, and, and, and beat people even if my execution wasn't as good as theirs. Right. In Street Fighter, in Street Fighter Five, because the execution barrier is relatively low com- in comparison to Street Fighter Four, um, it's not necessarily about how much time you put in. It's more so about how you use the combos that you know, and how you use your strategy. How you how you could be because because max damage combos are relatively easy to do. Um, it's, it, it stops being about execution. It starts being a little more about strategy and having to outthink your opponent and make less mistakes than your opponent and get better reads on your opponent and what they're trying to do and stopping that. You know what I mean? Like, so it becomes a little more about outplaying your opponent um, from a from a mental standpoint than than technically being able to do the most difficult combo in the game. Right. And that attracted me. That attracted me. That, yeah. that, that, that made me feel like. I, I think that is more yeah. attractive than yeah yeah than so, just having it be uh, so execution heavy, right? And that's what attracted me to it, and and made it made me feel like me putting the time into learning this game wasn't going to go a hundred percent into just learning combos. It was going to go more into the thought process of what I'm doing, and like getting better mentally, um, and I and I'm just really attracted to that kind of that kind mm-hmm. of yeah. But now all that's out the window. The Dragon Ball is out. <laughs> um dragon ball is a crazy fucking game man but it's no, we can't, can't even go there i yeah. i have to go guys it's uh or at least i have to at least call it at, uh when it's 12 <laughs> yeah, no, almost 12 30 do you guys want to add anything else um no no i think i think we've already added too much we probably should have cut this a while ago and <laughs> put it into the next week's episode <laughs> yeah no you can, next... you can cut it if you want but no <laughs> no 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 yeah. next episode we'll get back to um you know what we didn't do today was the the top footy games outside of Pez six through or whatever it was. That was a great question from Brian. And I also so. didn't answer my, my Adidas or Nike question. Yeah. Next time. Well, <laughs> no, we can, we can end on that real quick to bring it back to footy because um, I would at least want to mention that because people did answer the poll on Twitter, which was Adidas or Nike, any reasons you want. And I, I thought Nike would win. I don't know why. I just had this hunch that Nike would win, but it was oh. 58% Adidas and everybody who responded with a personal response, um, were Adidas people that had fun things to say. I won't read them all, but just like as an idea, uh, some people have showed Copa Mundial's just saying, you know, this was it. This was always enough for me. Um, oh, wait, no, Shale said Nike. He said Arsenal Invincibles. That makes sense. Uh, but mm-hmm. other guys like uh, Ads86 brought up Keegan's Entertainers in the 90s. And a lot of people see, a lot of people seem to think that the general designs are more uh, varied from adidas but i was just surprised because i'm an adidas guy but i always thought nike was actually more popular but that might yeah, just be I, our listeners so 58 percent adidas. i started off as an adidas um just i loved adidas shoes and i i would fuck nike at that time i would be like fuck nike i'm never wearing a nike creep <laughs> um and then uh then adidas started changing their designs and started going into the more plastic yeah, like the like F50s design. and stuff. I never wore those. I hated those. Yeah, and 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 then I went to the Copa, um, the Copa Mundial, which I I really liked that tweet. Um, yeah, everybody had a but, pair of those. Yeah, that's just a, it's just a really classic tweet, you know. Um, and then uh, Ronaldinho with the Nike, and I was such a big fan of his um, that I just I loved his tweet, the 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 tiempos and just the colored designs that he had and. I don't know. I just fucking. And then after that, I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna try this cleat on, and because it was a, a leather cleat, yeah, like 
Adidas used to be, mm-hmm. it made it made me like switch. Yeah, at that simple point. as that. Yeah, and 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 just beca- be it became because of the simple design, and Adidas was kind of, and it, I feel like they flipped roles at that point, and now they're kind of starting to flip again. Yep. So I think my next cleat is going to be an Adidas cleat. So I don't have this like fanboy ish attachment to either side yeah i current i think i currently if i were to buy a cleat today i would lean towards buying a nike cleat but i think i'm starting to like think i need to try on these adidas cleats and see if i want to try them because the new uh the new i think they're called ace control or pure control ace or something like that i think uh pogba wears where's that cleat the ace is gone Um, that's the ace is is gone yeah it was replaced by the new preds Oh, okay. So I got to look at those. I think I think then then the new predator is the one that I'm looking at. I thought it was the ace, but it's gone. Well, so it, Nike, it may have been. Nike the got ace. rid of the CTRs. Nike yeah. got rid of the CTRs, which I love that cleat, man. I love that cleat, and now it's gone. Yeah, so I'm like, fuck. I'm right now, right right now, I'm using I'm using Diempos, and I'm not very happy with them. I loved Diempos when I first discovered them, and now I'm like, yeah, I don't really, I don't really like that cleat after wearing the CTRs. I feel like it's going to be difficult for me to find another cleat. The Magista is, I think, is going to be the next cleat that I end up going with, or the Control, the 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 New Predator, or maybe the Ace, depending on if I can even I'm find tempted it. I'm to uh, buy new cleats because I will need new cleats here probably next. You know, I don't know, maybe next year. But I'm tempted to try a laceless boot. The New Predators are laceless. At least the the top version is laceless. And you yeah. know, I don't know if I need as much lockdown as I used to. And I, I know that people either love it or hate it, but I am tempted to try it just just because it's new, you know, and it's something different. Ness has the the fly nets from Nike, which I don't know if those are technically laceless. Nah, Nike doesn't um, have a, a laceless no, boot. They're not laceless. No. I, I would. Mean, they have they have laces, but you you technically take them off because of the fly net. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, and still have a, a nice. You have fly net ultras. Um, Those are the low cut the, ones, right? The the magist the magista. Oh, the magista. It's got the, but it's got the fly knit tech. Yeah. That's that's cool them. material. The new ultras looked really neat because they had like this, this ribbing on the fly knit that yeah. was really uh, abrasive, and people yeah. were talking about how much how much grip they got on the ball. I really wanted to try those, but it's interesting. I've always worn Adidas, but for some reason my turfs have always been Nikes, and I don't know hmm. why that happened. Hmm. But like every pair of turfs, they always seem more streamlined. Like Adidas had the the Mundial teams, I think, were their turf shoes, but they were considerably bulkier. Right. Like yeah, their their agree. turf shoes are just pretty bulky, so I would always kind of get Adidas turfs, and they always were fine. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, sorry, yeah. Nike turfs. Um, cool. Um, I think that's it from us. I'm exhausted. Yeah. Perhaps yeah, man. It, we went. We went. <laughs> I really enjoyed talking plan. about the uh, the footy dock, though. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And me it's too. nice to uh, we didn't talk much about Evo, but it's nice to have some varied topics. And we'll oh, yeah, infiltration one Evo. Week. So yeah. All <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, we yeah. talked a lot about. We, oh, he we did? talked a lot without yeah. actually discussing he, who won. He wasn't a Japanese player, was he? He's like, no, he's, no Korean. he's Korean. He's Korean. Korean. He, he's he a legend. Won, yeah. He he won. We, this is how volatile um, fighting games can be. I'm sure you already know about this, Charles. But um, so Jury is a character. Um, he played infiltration. Played Minot the entire tournament except for grand finals right so grand finals he pulls out jury which is uh, um, a character who was season two was considered one of the worst characters if not the worst character in the game she got some mild buffs and a lot of people were saying 
she got some mild buffs, but she's still one of the bottom tier characters in the game, right? And then Infiltration comes around and beats the shit out of the supposed best character in the game, Rashi, right? And John Takeuchi is a really good player. So um, Infiltration uses uh, Jury and beats the shit out of Takeuchi. Did he use Jury just to make a statement, or did he not want to play No, no, no. Um, he played yeah. his Manat in, in, in Winner's Finals against Takeuchi. And Takuchi destroyed his mana. The last, so you the last, the last uh, um, uh, uh, match before he before he lost winners finals, um, he switched to jury and he won one and then lost. Right, so it's, it's, it's first to three, um, and, and and it ended three to one. And Takeuchi went to grand finals as in the winner set. Um, uh, Infiltration went to uh, losers finals against Daigo. And he used Monat and destroyed Daigo, like fucked him up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he goes to Grand Finals and uses Jury the entire Grand Finals. And I think he three owed him. That's amazing. You think that's because uh, Takeachi wasn't <laughs> used to seeing uh, Jury, or I think, like? I, I think that might have something to do with it for sure. Um, a character that is underestimated usually is a character that nobody really prepares over, like you know what I mean, like yeah. extensively for. Yeah. So that could have something to do with it, but I think a big part of it is just the way that um, infiltration played. So Rashid has this way of putting pressure on characters, and in 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 the middle of that pressure, there is a very small window where you can stop it, um, and your reactions have to be super on point, and you have to be very fucking ready for it. And infiltration was, and he was able to just completely shut his pressure down and never allowed him to get going. So I think it's all credit to, to watch that final to, inf- to infiltration rather than rather than Takeuchi not being prepared for the matchup. Um, yeah, and infiltration just played out of his mind, man. He was just he's just so that's awesome. Good. That's cool, yeah. man. You have to respect it, whether you, whether you're into fighting games or not. And I think that's why I like it so much is because of the competitive level of play and it and back in the. Uh, to bring it back to what you know, Pez to bring us all back together. Just as like uh, when Pez was great, I always thought the closest thing to it was fighting game, like fighting mm-hmm. game systems. Just that rock paper right. scissors, you know, right? Um, right. Throw beats block, block beats, or no punch beats. You know what I mean? That whole that, yeah, that triangle yeah. right there always kind of reminded yeah. me of Pez. Something about it. But yeah. all mm-hmm. right, guys. Well, it has been awesome talking to you, and uh, I'll talk to you guys next time. Later, all right, guys. Later, uh, later, guys.